702 for the curious. Streaming countrywide on the 702 app. 14 minutes after 8 o'clock and I'm joined on the line by Heinrich Volmink. He's executive director at Alta. Heinrich, thank you very much for joining us uh, at this time. Much appreciated. Thank you, Obin. Thank you for having me on the show. So, Vuyani Jahana's uh, resignation has been a big story uh, for the last day or so since we've heard about it. And you've responded by saying that uh, this is a mark of, I suppose, of the irredeemability of the SAA. Why do you say so, Heinrich? Well, you know, it's, 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 it's been a long time coming, um, this, this slow demise of SAA, which has been quite tragic. Yeah. I mean, the first thing to say is that you know, a country of our size and our economic potential needs a vibrant airline industry, uh, and we do need we do need viable players in the market and and uh, so, you know contributing to to the space. But what SA has shown us is that, as a said on enterprise, uh, it's failed, and it's failed because it has shown a a a, a sort of a continual drain on the fiscus, yeah. uh, which is you know, fifty billion over twenty years. Uh, it's it's cost us. Five billion rand a year in bailout year on year the last two two years, uh, and it's it's tragic that it's come to this, but it's it's not surprising given a constellation of factors around the management of the SOE. What is, according to you, and uh, based on your understanding, is the reason for the resignation of Vuyani Jahana this time? And, I, and I'm not suggesting that Vianney Jakane has resigned from the SAA before. I'm simply, uh, I suppose, underscoring the fact that we've had a lot of CEO resignations over the last few years from the SAA. But from where you stand, what do you make of his reasons, uh, the stated reasons for his resignation? Thank you. That's a, that's a very important question because, you know, again, it, it, it underscores the problems that we've seen in the SOE. I mean, he, he cited a number of reasons in his resignation. I think, firstly, we, we should, I think, appreciate the fact that he inherited an almost impossible situation. Uh, he had a colossus organization with many, many, many sort of faulty, leaking points, um, and he tried to turn it around. But I think the key thing that he cited was the, 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 the fact that there was a blurring of lines of accountability between himself, uh, the political uh, players, and the board. Uh, and this was making it almost untenable for him to continue. Yeah. Um, he cited the fact that there was a lack of commitment of the funding that was needed, uh, especially to implement a long-term uh, turnaround strategy. Um, and he, he cited these three other key frustrations um, that, again, just speak to the problems that have plagued that, that SOE for years and years. So those are, are administrative, sort of technocratic reasons. And I want to stay with those just for a moment. And then I want to uh, sort of inject the political sort of hull and the dribble vein, as it were. As far as you're concerned, from your vantage point, are those reasons um, that uh, Jahana puts forward, are they what you would accept as reasons for a CEO to decide he is not willing to continue with his project? Yeah, I, I would say yes. I think there are valid reasons. Um, you know, when you're in a situation where you find, and this is really important, the internal environment of organization impossible to navigate, and he cited that, yeah. uh, you know, that most of the problems are internal, um, then really they, they, you're limited in what you can do. Um, I, I do think, though, uh, that from the very beginning, it was an impossible task. And I think that um, Tafano was a, was a good CEO, 
um, but also the skills needed uh, to to fulfill that particular role really are sort of long, uh, long sort of hard-earned uh, hard earned, uh, airline salvage, salvage skills, so salvaging large industries. Yep. And he came from a communications background. So one could argue that although he certainly had the competency, the experience uh, perhaps didn't match with this task. But even if he had that, arguably he would still, it would still be the same income, uh, outcome because those internal factors uh, are really sort of poisonous uh, for, any, for any executive's tenure. So I, I want to stay with those technocratic reasons, those administrative reasons, the, the, the issues of, of um, you know, the lack of support from government and so forth. Give me a sense of what it is, techno, technocratically speaking, Heinrich, um, administratively speaking, from a business point of view, that he would have found untenable, leading to his um, to his resignation. Well, you know, it, it is it is it is. I guess the fact that the SA has been technically insolvent. Uh, you know, its its assets uh, are, are less than its liabilities, and so you he's going to always be swimming upstream. And in in that situation, you, what you need is a quick turnaround that can make that entity viable in terms of profitability. Uh, so it's turning a profit and it's, it's able to actually at least match its liabilities, which, which again was, was impossible for him to do given the circumstances we've described. But, you know, it's, 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 it's a situation that, that requires, I would argue, external help. You know, you know it, it, in order for it to go forward, it would have needed or it needs as an external stakeholder involvement uh, because internally, clearly, uh, there certainly isn't enough support. So, but it, it appears to me that it has nothing to do with his experience. I mean, given the sort of very concise description of the of the technocratic problems that he was exper- experiencing there, it appears to me that even the most seasoned, experienced CEO would not have been able to uh, deal with the challenges that he was uh, dealing with. Uh, would that be correct? Well, you know, it's, it's difficult. I, 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 would, I would tend to agree with you, although, again, I think somebody with, with more experience in, in salvaging uh, large-scale SOEs would have stood a better chance. But, yes, I think in the final analysis, you may be absolutely correct, um, which, again, casts doubt on the SOE's future. I mean, if it's reached this stage, now how then can we go forward? Yeah, there has been sort of talk around the possibility of actually closing down SAA as yep. a whole, which... I think, you know, while it would save the taxpayer a lot of money, I mean, it would be less, obviously lot less strain on the fiscus, yeah. would unfortunately result in more than 10,000 jobs lost, which, which itself is untenable. Yeah. So, so, you know, it puts us in a very difficult position. What is the right way forward? I'll tell you why I've been asking that question in the way that I've been asking it, Heinrich. Since the days of, uh, what was it, American um, CEO, something, Andrew Coleman, Coleman I think his name Coleman was. Andrew. Yeah. Yes, I, oh, this yes, was a yes. guy that was hailed as the silver bullet to all of SAA's problems. And it turns out uh, upon sort of um, closer reflection, we discovered that he too was actually part of the problem. But this was a guy that was said to be, I mean, the ace. I mean, the guy to change things, uh, turn things around at, at the SAA. And it didn't work. And and there's been a whole series of CEOs after that guy. And uh, per Every year we've been having a a loss in profit or just uh, yeah just major losses at the SAA, which have come to this point. So my sense is that this is a very broken ship, and no 
No one person can actually fix it because it's got all sorts of systemic, systematic problems. It then takes me to the question about the politics of the situation, which some people have suggested. One is because of political interference, particularly from um, Minister Praveen Gordon. Uh, I think that's the uh, voice of the EFF coming in through with that particular analysis. But there are those that are suggesting that the idea that there is going to be a CEO that's going to fix this animal is just in and of itself wrong. What needs to be happening is that there needs to be, as you've just said, suggested, external partnership uh, of some sort. There needs to be uh, handing over or selling of a certain equity in SAA. What is your thoughts around the narrative that suggests that it is the political interference that has caused Vuyani Chakane to go? I think that that may, it, it may be too simplistic. Uh, you know, we go back, you mentioned uh, Coleman Andrews. I mean, the, the, the dent that he caused in the organization, selling off assets, uh, the damage uh, from that point was, was fairly fundamental. I uh, layered on top of that, of course, uh, Obi was the, 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 the disastrous corporate governance up until about November 2017 uh, and that dispensation of, of, of corporate governance. Yep. And, and we know that uh, that, was, that was a great factor. So there's a multiplicity of factors, certainly the blurring the line. And this may not be about an individual politician, but the way that the system has been set up, the blurring between the board, the executive, and the, and the ministry, yeah. uh, it makes, makes the situation even, even worse. But it's, it's one of, of several factors. Yeah, yeah. So what, 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 what are you guys, as you look at this hot mess as outer, what do you think the solution for SAA is? Well, I think the, the, the point of departure for us is that, again, we, we do need viable airline players. Um, and there, there, there is perhaps a way to salvage SAA, but yes, it would involve external stakeholders. Uh, it, would, uh, it would involve a, a sensible way of, of, of ensuring that equities is, is given away, but that, the, that, that it's to the benefit of South Africans. Uh, and that very importantly, we can balance cost reduction with job protection. And therefore, it's all hands on deck, labor together with government, together with the private sector, working for pragmatic solutions. Because, again, we can't afford another huge entity to fail. Uh, we are in economic contraction. We need successful enterprises, but we need to deal with it pragmatically, not ideologically. I think that would be our approach. And, Aubrey, if I may just use an example. Sure. Um, you know, there's, there's uh, Air New Zealand, which, which happens to be a wholly owned state-owned entity in New Zealand. Uh, that has more or less the same size in terms of fleet as SAA, more or less the same number of, of employees. They also just have over 10,000. Um, but they've managed to turn that into a, a, a roaring success. I mean, they, they have profit after profit after profit in terms of the year-end results. And it's because they have a large degree of independence with, you know, with regards to the management of, of, the, of, the, of the industry and it's sort of profit-driven enterprise. Um, which, which I know sounds, uh, sounds a, a bit of a stretch, but, you know, the fact that it's a set on entity, it can still be business-centric and customer-centric, and it's proven that it works. So perhaps looking at these best practice models and finding ways of adapting those practices to our context with external stakeholders and a revision of the governance of the SOE may give SAA a chance going forward. We have the doctrine of South Africa being a developmental state. You, you know the doctrine. You know the, 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 the ideological um, speak around that idea, which would obviously kick out what you're suggesting, 
the idea of a business-centric state-owned enterprise would not fit into that kind of model, or can it, Heinrich? You know, I think that I think that yes, I, you know, I, but it's, it's 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 maybe an ideological test for us as a nation in terms of where we are to say that you know when when the when the ultimate objective is is reduction of poverty, is job creation, um, and we believe that this will create greater social cohesion, then 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 a, a more pragmatic, more nuanced approach rather that takes the best of what the private sector can offer, the best of the public sector, and finds the right mix. Uh, for the benefit of the South Africans, may be the avenue we should be exploring. And perhaps this will be part of the new dispensation uh, as we go into this quote-unquote new dawn. Do we need the SAA to be a state-owned enterprise, Heinrich, given our political uh, and economic realities? I, I, I would argue at this stage, no. Um, that doesn't mean to say that it can't be partially state-owned. But certainly when you have a situation where we are marginal uh, in terms of our uh, economy and you have a 5 billion rand year on year deficit and 21.7 billion rand, by the way, that's needed to keep SAA afloat from now until 2021, then I would argue that's far too much of a liability. Heinrich Volming, thank you very much for joining us and uh, thank you very much for your insights into this matter. Much appreciated, sir. Thank you very much, Robbie. Have a good evening. Great stuff. Henry Fogmink is Executive Director at Alta. Your thoughts? 011-8830-7021. Do we need a state-owned airline? Do we? Yeah. Do we? <laughs>